Network presents sports for the culture. I'm here with the family. Price XXV, double I. Rome. Simolo. We're flying. T-Buggy, man. This is the greatest sports show on the planet. La Familia. Hope y'all ready for a ride. Can't wait to hear what you guys got to say. Oh, the intro is fire. <laughs> we back. We back. Your new favorite sports show, Gas Presents Sports for the <laughs> Culture. I'm today's host at Bryce XXV Double I. As usual, I've got the dream team with me, baby. Method Man, Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef. What up, fellas? Bottom Good right, boy. introduce yourself. Bottom right, bro. Oh, I thought he said top right. My bad. Uh, I guess he is top right. Hey, T Boogie Man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the intro caught me off guard or something. I don't know. I spilled my drink. Hey, what's good out there, man? What's up? Shout out to the culture, man. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, stay safe. I heard they got a new strain in that Roni, the big boy Roni, man. You know what I'm saying? Boy, it's just dangerous out here. So uh, wash your hands, wash your hands as always. Let's get it. Man, they said they say Rona come with a sequel. It might be a trilogy. I don't Woo. know, man. This Rona is serious. Bottom left, what up? Hey man, that intro got me hyped, man. That that joint was fire, man. I hope the people love it. Uh, like T said, thanks for tuning in. We got a great show for y'all tonight. Uh, let's get it, man. You already know who I am, Young Rome Twenty Two. You see it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They know the name by now. Top left, Lion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Scruff Lion, good ass sports. Y'all know what time it is, man. You know how we gets down. We got a whole bunch of liveness for for y'all. So go ahead, buckle up. It's gonna be a good ride. Oh, it's live. It's live. So let's jump right into it, fellas. I mean, y'all know what we got to start with. It's not a secret. We got to start with the NFL, right? I mean, the conference championships were over the weekend. I think we learned a lot. So let's jump right into our NFL takeaways. And Scruff, I'm starting with you, man. What was your number one takeaway from that conference championship weekend? Who impressed you the most? And what you think? Yeah. You know, there's an expression. They say black don't crack, but the expression is Brady, Brady don't fade. You feel me? Boy, Brady, man. Brady just don't – he just don't fade, man. No matter what happens, no matter what year it is, no matter what, he finds a way to string together these games. Even in the three-interception game where it was a little rough for the boy, he got the job done, and he's riding his way to the Super Bowl yet again, man, yet again. So that's my biggest take of the way. The weekend is, wow, Tom Brady again. And I can't say that I'm not surprised, but I can't say that I sat here last week and said that the, the Patriots are going to win. So I, I should have known better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you bring up a good point. You got to mention the GOAT. And it's only right that we start with the GOAT. But I think another perspective uh, might have got lost in that because we got another guy who was also competing for GOAT status and Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, after that weekend, you know, you got a lot of people kind of ragging on the boy Aaron Rodgers and even him. You know, I don't know, man. It seems like even maybe his future is uncertain. We're not too sure about that. But the GOAT the goat conversation, obviously Brady just cleared his throat and told everybody what his name was, right? But is Aaron Rodgers still in that same that same light? Scruff, what do you think, man? I mean, yo, honestly, it's hard to say that he is, man. I mean, you can say that they, the Packers don't have the help. I mean, this is the most loaded team that Brady's ever had offensively. Um, and it wasn't exactly pretty, but he got it done, bro. But, like, I think Aaron Rodgers is still that kind of a quarterback. It's just like, man, it's tough. Like, I was really hoping that he would get a dub in right here, right now, and be an opportunity to kind of even the playing field. 
But now it's just looking like it's hard to say that they're on the same level when, you know, he done switched teams on you, got a whole new team and a whole new squad, and he's still riding up on folks. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to debate. As good as Rodgers is, I'd have to say he's he's a whole tier or two, maybe now, in my head, below Tom Brady. Oh, 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 man. Okay. I like Now I like where this conversation is going. Wrong, man. Sound off on it. Brady, hey, Rodgers, what do you think about the game? What do you think about the quarterbacks? Uh, I mean, to jump right in, man, I agree with Scruff. Like, when it comes to comparing Brady and Rodgers, Rodgers has officially bowed out of that conversation. He's now one and four in NFC championship games. Um, this is his first game time hosting one in Green Bay, believe it or not. And he took an L to, to the real goat, to Brady. Uh, Brady's really moving on to bigger and better things now. I was definitely more impressed with Brady, despite the fact that Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons. Uh, you you got you to gotta make it happen, man. You got to make it happen if you're talking goat. We're talking greatest of all time. Put up or shut up. But Rodgers, he didn't do it, so he's got to shut up. So he's bowing out that conversation. But Brady, man, another Super Bowl, joins another conference, gets to the championship, gets to the Super Bowl. Is it ever going to stop? Who knows, man? He's 43, still just doing it. I'm very hyped for this Super Bowl, man. I can't wait. We'll talk about that more next week, but I'm definitely hyped for this one. Yeah, I mean, that, the Super Bowl is going to be crazy. But uh, I don't know. When you hold these stats on the head, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, 346 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Then you look at Brady, 280 yards, 55% completion, three touchdowns, but three <clears throat> interceptions. I don't know, man. The stats say the stats say it's Aaron Rodgers, but something's telling me that Brady still played the overall better game. I don't know, T. I know you got that analytical mind. What did you see, man, when you kind of broke down what happened with as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, especially? I mean, I thought Rodgers played better. I mean, he made a few mistakes. He should have ran down the stretch. Uh, the Packers should have kicked the field goal. The Packers should have probably not been in a single high safety coverage at the end of half. But um, I don't know why we ever entertain the thought of Rodgers and Brady. Like, it's two different conversations. Like, to be the best, you got to beat the best. The fact that this is his first time hosting a conference championship, I mean, that that kind of alludes to what he's done in the regular season. I mean, he's been good. He's even been great, but he's never – he has won Super Bowl, right? I, I saw a tweet, and I, I said, oh, it, it makes sense to me. They said this guy's uh, Tony Romo with the Super Bowl ring. And I said, yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, just a really good quarterback, and he looks a lot better with weapons. But, man, this is this is Tom Brady. I mean, think back to, like, week one, preseason. We, You know, the trade, when not the trade, but uh, when Brady went to Tampa, we were talking about, is Brady, is it Belichick? Which one is it? I think that conversation kind of cleared up a little bit. I mean, Belichick had an MVP and didn't make the playoffs. Brady got with some guys. I ain't going to say some guys, but he got with a lot of talent. And that's what you do. You win with talent. And maybe A-Rock could have more talent, but there was whole years, whole five, six, seven spanning years where Brady ain't had no talent. He ain't had nobody to throw the ball to, and he still got it done. So no excuses. If you want to get if you want to get that GOAT status, you got to make it happen. Brady keeps making it happen. Hey, man, I think you put that perfectly, bro. You, if you want that GOAT status, you got to make it happen. But we can't we can't leave out the fact that Aaron Rodgers' uh, coaching staff definitely failed him. I mean, the end of the half, Kevin King in one on one versus the fastest guy that the Bucks got, and they go for a touchdown to end the half. And then, in, what was that in that fourth quarter? What were they thinking? Not going for it on fourth down. You got Aaron Rodgers coming off probably an MVP season, 
you got a fourth down with three minutes left in the game and you, you let go for the field goal and give Brady the ball back? You know Brady's not giving it back to you after that. Come on. You you got it. I heard Brady was calling the plays. I heard Brady told Byron Leftwich, hey, just chill out. Chill out. Like, this quarter, I got this. I got us. And then Byron Leftwich said, go ahead, man. What am I going to say to the GOAT? So, right. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, T, I think you make a good point, man. Beginning of the season, we were asking ourselves, what was the secret sauce to the Patriots? Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? I think we got our answer. So let's move on to some more takeaways. Next biggest takeaway. Rome, man, I'm going to you, bro. How, how are we looking? You got, a, you got a takeaway for me? Oh, my biggest takeaway after the conference championship by far was Aaron Rodgers' comments after the game. By far. Uh, he, he left it to suspense. I think he came out today or yesterday and tried to, you know, clarify or clear it up saying, you know, he doesn't foresee himself leaving the Packers, which I can't really see either. But we all know, man, like he said it too, the NFL is a business. Nothing's ever, nothing's ever for, for certain. So the idea of Rodgers potentially leaving Green Bay, it, it excites me very much for free agency this offseason. Like the potential landing spots that he could end up in, that would shake up the whole NFL, kind of like Brady going to Tampa Bay. So that was my biggest takeaway was after, after losing that game, after sitting there and realizing, hey, my front office drafted a guy to replace me instead of drafting a guy to help me win now, instead of drafting a guy that could have potentially made a play for me today and put us in the Super Bowl. They drafted a guy that's sitting over there watching me work. So if I'm, if I'm Rodgers, I'm bouncing out. But that's me. We'll see what happens. Man, and that would be wild, man. Like, you know what they say? They say the way you get them is the way you lose them. That's what they say in relationships, right? And it looked like the Packers are just true to that statement because the way they had Brett Favre and the way they lost Brett Favre, the same thing seems like they're trying to do with Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron kind of noticed it. Because you know why? Because last time he was on the good end of it. This time he's getting the short end of the stick. And he's like, hold up, hold up. I know this play. I know this play. But I don't know, man. It's tough for me. I really can't see the, the Packers moving on from Aaron Rodgers. I've heard reports that Jordan Love's not ready. Jordan Love's still a year away. So they're going to bring Aaron Rodgers back for one year knowing with him knowing that after that, after that year he's done. I can see I can see him wanting to go back to Southern Cali. That's for sure. You know he's a cat, former Kyle Bear. You know uh, Aaron Rodgers, man. You, you, you can tell he's just a, a sunny California type of dude, man. Scruff, what do you think, man? Do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers ends up staying with the Packers? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I couldn't see something that drastic happen. Well, I mean, you got to listen to what the man said, man. Like, you know, it didn't sound too promising, you know. And then he tried walking back, you know. This is the situation that we're dealing with, you know. And – you know he was feeling some type of way about the way the way that they handled the situation with the quarterback. And then you're going up against a team like Tom Brady where you, he's got all the weapons on offense, he's got a top-notch defense, and he's got coordinators on both sides that are certified, you know. Got great great minds across the board, probably the best group that he's ever had, you know, talent-wise. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, I think he's out of there. <laughs> I think that's, that's my biggest <laughs> takeaway when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and what he said. I think he's out of there. Uh, I don't think there's any way that you can uh, take what he said in the context of which, yeah, I think he's going to come back. No, I don't. I don't think there's any way you can see that. Um, I don't. I don't think it, it could get ugly. Uh, if he might have to retire, force his way out of there, all that. Um, but you know, you can hear it out the horse's mouth. We got the clip of Aaron Rodgers. If, if y'all want to, if y'all want to hear it. Yeah, no, nah, that is. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy I mean, that Aaron Rodgers could be going T. Sound drop, drop the clip. Drop the clip. Yeah, run the clip. A lot of guys' futures 
that are, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh, that's what's sad about it most. Getting this far, obviously, there's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or not. But just the uncertainty is, is tough and the finality of it all. Using words like finality. I don't know, man. You throw start throwing finality out there. Yeah, like whose funeral are we at, bro? Hey, look, you know, I, I, I honestly think he's not leaving, man. I feel like, I mean, just looking at that press conference, look at him. I mean, he looks like he needs two, three dollars for a beer. I mean, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> nah. like that was raw emotion it, coming off a big loss. Um, it was a chance to kind of elevate yourself in the in the stature of sports. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you battling Brady, and for whatever reason, you, you you didn't rise to the occasion, or your team didn't know it didn't it didn't happen for whatever reason. And I think that's raw emotion. He's kind of backtracked a little bit. Um, like I said, Jordan Love probably isn't ready, and he's still under contract. He's still under contract. It's not like he can just say, uh, "I want to go here, here, here," and it's a bidding war. I mean, he has to work with Green Bay. Like both sides kind of have to agree, or I mean, maybe put on a fat suit. That's, that seems to work for players lately. <laughs> well, Rodgers <laughs> is under contract. He is under contract, I think, till 2023 or 2024. But if he wanted to force a trade, he could he could swing his power and try to force a trade, and it would definitely make things interesting. And I don't know that he's not going to, man. I mean, like, we just heard the clip. Uh, that, that emotion is going to stick with him. That emotion okay. ain't going anywhere. Like you said it yourself, this is a chance for him to, to elevate his sports stature. So we're talking legacy because right now Aaron Rodgers is the guy who is almost good enough. You're, you know, you're one of those guys that's like you're, you're, you're kind of like a Brady, but you just didn't win. You know what I mean? You got the talent. You can play. You're great, but you didn't get the dub. So that's where Rodgers is at right now. And I don't think that that goes away. I think that sticks with you. And you look at the front office and you say, did you guys do enough to help? guys like me who are getting older in age uh, finalize their legacy. That's where finality might come in because we're talking legacy, man. What if he doesn't get back to another NFC uh, championship? I mean, right. well, we're talking about a guy that was one possession away from, from going to another Super Bowl. I mean, it wasn't like the, the team went eight and eight. I mean, a, a couple plays go differently, and that team, we, this is a totally oh. different conversation. All the I mean, more reason to not draft Jordan Love. We all said it. Jordan <laughs> Love's not even ready. He's not even going to be ready next year. So you got a guy who's going to sit on the bench this year and next year when we could have got Justin Jefferson and won the damn game. If I'm Rodgers, I'm out. I'm I don't out. know. I don't know that Justin Jefferson uh, uh, wins that game for you. I mean, look at this. It, he can blame the org all he wants, but there was a play where he could have ran and he didn't. And does Brady come off the field? And kick a field goal. Does, does, does Manning come off the field and kick a field goal? I mean, the guys you want to be mentioned with, they're not coming off the field. When that play happened, we didn't see Rodgers on the sideline going crazy. You would have saw Brady cuffing Belichick out. You know what I'm saying? We saw Rodgers just sitting there watching him kick a field goal. So, I mean, when you consider all things, mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't think this is a must-be situation. And uh, a quarterback leaving the number one receiver in the NFL to go where exactly? You know what I mean? You might go somewhere where there's a few more targets, but you have the best receiver, clearly the best receiver. It's been a long time since we've had like a clear-cut number one guy. Like he's clearly the best guy. 
I, I don't know, man. I don't see it. I think he comes back. It's crazy how we can look at the Devontae, same thing and see the opposite, bro. It's crazy, bro. That's a, and that's I, also another conversation calling Devontae Adams the best guy. I, but I think it's I think you made some good points there, T. I definitely I, I definitely I made mean, some good points. The only other guy you want to consider, right? Diggs and and and, and he was kind of he had a kind of a quiet game in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So, I think I think there's a guy named Tyreek that would say something about that. But hey, I think we I think y'all both make some great points because Rome, you're right. How are you going to draft Jordan Love when you have tons of holes on your offense? Like we, it was, it was, it was evident last night. The Packers have holes. I mean, they weren't able to protect Aaron Rodgers when it mattered. Jason Pierre-Paul was going off, and I mean, Jordan Love's on the bench. Just you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, the Packers have a way they run their organization. They've done it for years. It's worked for them, so they're not going to stop. But I think you're right too, T. Peyton Manning's not coming off that field. Tom Brady's not coming off that field in that situation. And, uh, you know, we we could see Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of our generation, potentially leave his franchise. I mean, let's not forget, it's been over a decade now since Aaron Rodgers won his Super Bowl, man. What have you done for me lately type of league? But we could see some other quarterbacks moving on. We could call this possibly a quarterback carousel later in the season. Another quarterback that was drafted around the same time as Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. This guy may be moving on from the Lions. I mean, he's been their QB1, what, almost, what, 13, 14 years now. I mean, he's been their QB1 forever now, right, even in the Calvin Johnson days. But he's another guy that never got it done. I mean, Aaron Rodgers at least has, has some hardware. Matt Stafford's never got it done, and for years he's been considered a top guy. So I've got two questions for you. First, is Matt Stafford a top guy? Is he in that top 10 range? And second, <laughs> Would you want him on your team? Y'all know I got to start with Rome, man. He has strong <laughs> opinions about Matt Stafford, and there's a decent chance that Matt Stafford ends up being his quarterback. So, Rome, let's hear it, man. All right, so check it. The first part of the question, Matthew Stafford is not a top quarterback. He's not top five. He's not top ten. He might be top 15. I would need to see the list. I, I'm really not sure. Last time I think I ranked him, I literally had him at 16. Like, he's He's really not that guy. He's not that dude. He I don't has he won a playoff game? Was he 0 4, 0 5 in the playoffs? Like he's nothing to write home about. And we can say he didn't have this, he didn't have that. He had freaking Megatron. Come on. Give give Megatron to any other any other quarterback gets Megatron, they win in the Super Bowl. Like, get out of here. Brady got Randy Moss straight to the Super Bowl. Like you get a receiver like that, and you're supposed to be that dude, a quarterback, you, you gotta win at least a playoff game. Couldn't get it done. So, no, Matthew Stafford is, is nowhere near top anything. You can't even say the word top and start talking about Matthew Stafford. Now, where do I think Stafford ends up? Because he is going to get traded. He's, he's actively searching for a trade. The team has granted him that permission. It's going to be tough, man, but I, I do think there's a strong chance he ends up in Washington. There's a strong chance Matthew Stafford ends up in Washington. But unlike me getting a Dwayne Haskins jersey and popping a tag, there will be no videos of me popping tags of, Matthew Stafford jerseys, I can guarantee you that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens because there'll be a lot of other teams interested. The Jets, uh, I, I heard of some three-way, some three-way trades, some rumors. Uh, the Dolphins might be looking to get involved in getting a quarterback and trading Tua somewhere. Washington's got the 19th pick, so they could try to make some moves. But it'll, it's, it's too early to really tell, but it'll be interesting. You know, that yeah. would be the, probably the funniest thing to me, bro, and it would literally <laughs> – Make my day, like it would make my year. <laughs> it would, it would like make it would make my whole. It would make every show for me just coming on here, just knowing that Matthew Stafford is the quarterback of the Washington Football Team. 
when you was just dogging him, like still dogging him, still dogging him. The funny thing about you dogging him, though, and I hate to make this personal about Washington, but he is more productive than any quarterback that Washington has had under center that I can remember in my lifetime, pretty much. I can't really remember anybody. What, what year were you born? 1990. <laughs> but like I'm talking about like visible when I was able to watch. Like I'm talking about like I didn't. I didn't see Joe Th- you know. I didn't. I didn't watch none of that, man. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see them early days. I didn't watch Doug Campbell in the Super Bowl. You know what I'm like I seen Jason Campbell. I seen Rex Grossman. I seen Alex Smith. I seen Dwayne Haskins. I seen Robert Griffin, and I've seen Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is better than all of those guys. Very consistent player. Very underrated. I'm not saying he's. You know, Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but I am saying that he's probably about as good as Matt Ryan or um, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins or, you know, people yeah, in that, <laughs> that category. Yeah, that's the kind of guys that y'all like. That's why it fits. It makes a lot of sense. I could see it. Um, it makes a lot of sense. But, um, in all reality, bro, if Matt Stafford was put in an organization where he's he, I think he could still win. I mean, is he the prize quarterback over Aaron Rodgers? Nah, nah, nah. Give me Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. You know, I don't even care if Aaron Rodgers on his last leg on his last game. Give me Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. But um, Matt Stafford, bro, like honestly, like I'd rather have Matt Stafford than Carson Wentz right now. I can just tell you that. I'd rather have Stad Stafford over at least the way the quarterback status looks in the league. Probably twenty of the quarterbacks in the league. He he falls in a, barely in the top ten. But you know he's in there. Let's put a, put a little respect on his name. And you bought the Haskins jersey, which is like questionable. Um, but you dog you dogging my man who has you know. Numbers wise, he's right on par with any of the any of the top, you know, top ten guys in the league. That's what I'm saying. Well, Not with the number that matters the most, and that is wins. Yeah, and that and, and and that's what it comes down to, at least in my opinion. I know there's people out there that don't do quarterback wins as a thing. Like to some people, they don't think that the, the win or loss stat shouldn't go on the quarterback. But if a quarterback throws a game winning touchdown, nobody ever mentions that offensive line sure did hold up. <laughs> and you see the way that running back picked up that block? Like, no one really even will mention the catch. At the end of the day, all they're going to mention is the quarterback throwing for the game-winning touchdown. So if you do that, you got to do quarterback wins. I think that's a very important thing. Washington football team has had a guy like Alex Smith. He went 6-2 and two this season. His stats weren't great, but it seems like every time he's in the game for Washington, he wins football games. That matters. Matt Stafford's never been able to get it done. T-Boogie, man, what do you think about this whole Matt Stafford debacle? I mean, I like Matt Stafford. I mean, the guy's thrown 5,000 yards before. I mean, some of your favorite quarterbacks <laughs> won't ever do that. But um, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the wins, I think – I can only remember off the top of my head maybe two or three seasons of uh, double-digit wins, and that was on like 10 or 11. There's never been a 13-14 win Lions team. And like you said, Alex Smith is a winner. So I'm going to take Alex Smith. Even a, a hurt Alex Smith before I take a pass to <laughs> I don't think Alex Smith is a, a better thrower of the football by any stretch, but guys that know how to win games. Matt Stafford obviously hasn't figured out how to consistently win games. Alex Smith 
call him a game manager. So wins matter in this league, man. You got to get W's. And uh, I think if Stafford does move, which which he will move, he needs to be in a situation where he's not the guy elevating the team to victory. You know what I'm saying? On a consistent basis. It's going to be a team with a defense, hopefully. It's going to be a team with a defense in a running game where he just has to make plays here and there versus throwing the ball 30, 40 times because that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, you're no different than a, a Matt Ryan at that point. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not, I don't hey, really final... understand the Matt Stafford sweepstakes, but Ridiculous. it's a quarterback league and teams are desperate. I think Matt Stafford is going to search for this trade and he's going to get a rude awakening that he's not he's not as good as he thinks he is. That that season you're talking about, T, that was like, what, 2011, 2012? 2010, 2011. And I'm pretty sure Megatron was there. So, you know, you can inflate your stats all day. You don't win. I'm looking at it now. Matt Stafford is, is under 500 in his, in his career. It wins. You know who, who he's comparable to? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Give me Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'll take Fitz Magic over is, Matt Stafford. Is, I've is, said is it Matt before. Is Matt Stafford an uh, 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 upgrade in New Orleans over James yes. Yes. No, he's not over Jameis Winston. Is it's it's a it's a copy. Like it just you. What, what, what's the difference? What's the difference? Was, oh my god! Y'all oh, was on the same show five weeks ago talking about Taysom Hill better than Jameis Winston, and now you telling me that Jameis Winston's better than Matt Stafford? Y'all the most. I'm telling you that they're, 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 they're the same life. quarterback. They're the same quarterback. And if I'm no, Sean Payton, no, if I'm Sean no, Payton, I keep no. rolling out Taysom Hill before I bring in Matt Stafford. So waste the money. Bro, you a hater, bro. You're a hater. Waste the money, bro. Right now. It's not even funny, bro. It's not even funny. You trying to say that Matt Stafford's on the same level as Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston or any of those people, bro. But you're also you're moving the scales for for the debate because, like, in Detroit, you got to be the quarterback and the whole a whole squad to elevate that team to success. Bro, Peyton Manning, I mean, you're talking about uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady threw three interceptions last week. You know what I'm saying? He didn't really win that game, but you, you, when you got defense, you can you can walk around and get three picks. You got you can walk around and get three picks when you when you you know and be like, oh yeah, it's all on me. Like I'm the goat. Nah, you threw three pick three picks, sucker. Like if if, if if Matt Stafford did that, if Matt Stafford did that, if Matt Stafford did that, he wouldn't have been able to even he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been able to get away with that, bro. I'm just saying, bro. When you have resources, it makes a difference, bro. Get that man out of that out of that franchise, bro. They never give him no help. He never had help, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Disrespectful. Yeah, the, lion, the lion, the lion is roaring tonight, people. He let us see it, man. Hey, the lion defending the lion, man. Defending them lions. Look, it don't matter. Matthew Stafford ain't a winner, bro. Ain't a winner. Maybe, maybe if he had some of that fire you had, some of that you you should give him some some speeches on game day, bro. You gotta get that man hype. Give him some of that lion because he's missing it. He's missing. You're not from Detroit. Nah, man. But he. I've been, that, man. I've been watching that. I've been, I know. I know Matt Stafford. I know his resume, man. I'm not trying to say he's 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 elite, but y'all y'all dogging him, bro. Y'all dogging him. No sleep, man. And he a dog too. He a Georgia Bulldog. Talking about winning. He 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 got he got big wins in, in Georgia, man. Ever hey, since he's been on that Detroit Lions, that that, that hazardous franchise. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you want a, when when you want a horrible franchise. Hold on, hold on, Washington, hey. Washington know all about that, don't they? Hey, hey, so that's hey, all good. Hey Scrub, if, if you put if you put uh Brady on the Lions and, and Stafford on, on the Bucks, what's the results? The difference is when you add Brady to the Lions, he comes with like five accessory players that just want to play and just tag uh, along. Answer the man's <laughs> question, bro. Answer the man's <laughs> question. I want to hear the answer to this. Go ahead, bro. If you think you think 
Stafford could have got past A Rod on that on that Buccaneers team. Again, y'all are moving the scales, bro. No, like, you 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 just you just said you just you just said Brady. You just said Brady had the accessories. So if we give Stafford the accessories and he throws those three picks, does he still get it done? No, he bro, doesn't. If bro, you put Matt Stafford, bro, bro, if you put Matt Stafford on the 49ers, they're a better football team. No. Bro, no, I they're not. Look, I see where we're going with, here, with this, and I, I agree with both sides kind of. I think Scruff's making some points. Scruff, you are making some points. Matt Stafford's not as bad as I think some of us tonight are making him out to be. Now, at the same time, though, Matt Stafford has had opportunity after opportunity. He's had coach fired after coach fired <laughs> after coach fired. All right, my man, look, my man Caldwell, is it David Caldwell? He should have still been the coach to this day. Jim Caldwell. Jim, Jim Caldwell should have still been the coach to this day. But guess what? Matt Stafford got him fired. He had Megatron. <laughs> you know what he did to Megatron? Got him retired. He didn't get Megatron fired. <laughs> he got my man retired. Man. Megatron looked around and said, I can't keep doing this, bro. So, look, I get what you're saying, Scruff, but at the same time, Matt Stafford's not elite. He's not elite. And I think you I think you would agree with that. Now, the real question is, I think, T, you posed a great question, man. Would Scruff, I want you to answer this, Scruff. If you would have dropped Matt Stafford in on that Buccaneers team over the weekend, does he get the job done? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, bold, bold take yes. from the Lions. I love to see it. Let's keep moving hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you, pick, did, did you pick the Buccaneers to beat A-Rod? No. But you <laughs> <laughs> Now we see where the real vendetta is coming from. <laughs> the Lions is something. Y'all are reaching, y'all. Y'all are reaching. Y'all reaching, bro. Nah, nah. All right, let's, so continue, like, let's, let's continue, man. Let's get all yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Let's continue along the quarterback carousel to our next to our next destination. There's one more quarterback who's talking about leaving his city, at least the city he's in, and is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league this time. No debate. That is Deshaun Watson, man. So let's get into this Deshaun Watson conversation. Obviously, he's put the Texans on notice. Everybody around the league knows now. I think the Texans are gonna, you know, do their best to try to keep the guy. You don't just get rid of a dude in this prime like this just for just for nothing. But I got two questions, fellas. One, is Deshaun Watson right for wanting out? And two, what should the compensation be for a guy of uh, Deshaun Watson's caliber? Lion, let's start with you, man. Um, yeah, should he want out? Absolutely, bro. Uh, that's uh, aside from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, probably actually probably worse than the Philadelphia Eagles. The most poorly run organization in professional sports, uh, Houston Texans for the last two years and the Detroit Lions of the last 15 years. But, um, nah, Houston, should, it's, 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 been a, it's been a hot mess, bro. First, you get rid of his best receiver. You don't got no, 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 no love for him. You're not consulting with him on no moves. He's not feeling included. He's feeling like it's time to, time to fly shift, man. I'm all here for it, bro. I think everybody in the league wants him. He's the best quarterback and besides Patrick Mahomes, you could really say he's the best quarterback in the league. Talent-wise, I think he's just as good as Patrick Mahomes. You put him in the right situation, I think he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Like, shh, don't tell nobody, but that's just that's just what I think, bro. Um, if you put him in the right situation, I think it'll be it'll be a win-win. So it, the world is his oyster in this opinion. Wherever he lands, I I, I wish him the best. Um, what was your other question? 
Compensation. Let's jump into this compensation. conversation too. Like, how? What is he worth? Uh, first round pick, two first round picks, three. What, give, give me something. Like four plus, bro. Like is how I feel. I know that's outrageous, but they they just traded like four first round picks for uh, Harden, and that went for Oladipo. I know it's a different sport, but like <laughs> there was the, the last time I, I was Ramsey got multiple picks for him. Like, bro. Yes, this is Deshaun Watson. This is a quarterback. It's a quarterback. The game is all about quarterbacks, right? Then you got a young quarterback in his prime, not even just in his prime, at the apex of the trajectory, about to take off from his prime. You don't get these moments very often. It doesn't happen. You don't get a player right now, that moment, he's in the prime of his career, about to take off, about to go Jordan numbers. And whoever gets him is going to be the luckiest team in the league. So, yeah, I think they should be probably stricken at least three to four draft picks at first, second rounders. Like, they should get the biggest haul in the history of hauls because this is – Deshaun Watson's that good. Hey, man, like I said, guys in the prime like this, they don't – they just don't become available. When you're this good at quarterback, you're usually locked into your team. T-Boogie, let's jump into it, man. Deshaun Watson, does he have a right? And let's get into the conversation as well. I mean, if you want out, you want out. You know what I'm saying? You sign your contract, and a lot of people feel like you should honor the contract, but – uh. Teams will get rid of you. They won't honor the contract, so it's fair. But uh, I think that guy, like Scruff said, man, I don't, I don't know four picks, but you got to start at three first. You have to. If Ramsey and Adams are two first, I mean, Deshaun, he might be four first-round pick. I mean, just at the minimum. You might have to throw a player in there, a couple thirds, a fifth. I mean, like you said, these guys don't become available. And anywhere he goes almost, is, I mean – they're going to be an upgrade. They're probably going to be a playoff team just by adding that piece. I feel like a team like the Jets, you put him there, they, they might be a contender, man. Miami, with that defense, uh, that running game, might be a contender. So teams need to be pulling the trigger. I, I am scared of the fact that, uh, you know, he's had an injury and you dumping a lot of picks into a player. If they go down, then, you know, but you got to roll the dice. You got to roll the dice. So he's, he's worth it. He's right for one out. And I'm gonna say you started three first, and you make it make sense after that, you know. But you, you got to get the guy. That's the name of this game, quarterback. Right. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm in lock. Yeah, I think I'm in lockstep with both of y'all, man. It's gonna take picks, and it's gonna take some young talent too. It's definitely gonna take both guys like yeah. this. Just do not become available. What's going on with Houston though? First James won out. Now Deshaun went out. I heard Houston was a great city, great town, man. All I heard is good things. I guess it's not paradise. Rome, let's go to you, man. Especially as a Washington football team fan, you got, we we will be in uh, the, the quarterback hunt this offseason for sure. How much would you give up, man, for Deshaun Watson? Hey, well, Bryce, to your first point, you know, the pandemic shut down a lot of strip clubs. Dudes went out of Houston. That was, you know, a, a strong reason to stay. Uh, <laughs> but back to the other points. <clears throat> I've narrowed it down to two teams because I've, I've been paying a lot of attention to where Deshaun Watson's going to end up. And I really believe it's going to either be, T, you mentioned it, the Jets, or T, your other squad, the 49ers. Uh, two reasons. The no-trade clause, that means Watson gets to control this trade to a certain extent. Obviously, the Texans aren't going to give him away for pennies. So like y'all have already alluded to, it's going to take picks and a lot of picks. The team with the most first-round picks to give up right now would be the Jets. Now, uh, Watson, if, if, I'm, if I'm Watson, the New York Jets have a history, like, you know, uh, Scrub alluded to, Bad organization, right? What's the culture there? Bringing in a new coach, trying to establish something. It could be a chance for a fresh start. Huge market media. 
Um, you know, he, he could really plant the flag there if he wanted to. But the reason I think he could end up with the 49ers is just scheme-wise, what Kyle Shanahan could do with Deshaun Watson and that run game and them backs that they have, that would be crazy. Now, the 49ers don't have as many picks to give up as the Jets, but they definitely have some picks that they can make some noise with. There's definitely some other teams that will get involved, but I just don't think they're going to have the draft capital to really – like, if I'm the Texans, you can't botch this. Like, if I'm giving up Deshaun Watson – I'm getting a whole farm of picks back, and there's going to be a lot of first rounds involved in that. Hey, Rome, I got I got news as recently as last weekend, man. I'm strip club in uh, Houston. They ain't closed. They ain't oh, closed they, at all. Oh, but, hey, um, Deshaun, my, hey, so you heard it here first. Deshaun ain't going nowhere. Hey, no, nah, he leaving <laughs> up. But I like like you said, it's going to take a team that uh can bring that can give the picks and somebody back. So in my mind, you're looking at the Jets, like you said, the 49ers and the Dolphins. You know what I'm saying? You can get rid of Tua, you can get rid of, rid of Donald or Jimmy G. And I think the Texans, you might get rid of Fitz. The Texans might take Fitz as a bridge guy, a bridge quarterback. So, yeah, expect a, a quarterback to go to Houston in that trade with all those picks. And uh, the Jets also have uh, the passing game coordinator, you know, a Kyle Shanahan guy uh, on the floor running their offensive coordinator. So, it's same scheme, but with the Jets. So, Really, he could be in a Kyle Shanahan system in two different situations. You know what I'm saying? He he really has – he holds all the cards. It's a good situation to be in for a young black quarterback. Yeah, no, nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And I, and I, and I think that uh, – I think I'm right with you guys. It's going to take a ton to get Deshaun Watson. It's going to take not just picks, but it's going to take young talent. AG just said the Niners might have to give up Bosa. That's not out of the realm of possibility when you're talking about the best franchise quarterback that's been available in the marketing years. Um, I think no if you're a team like the Washington football team, you know, you got to ask yourselves, are you willing to give up a first round pick and or three first round picks and a guy like a, a Montez Sweat? It might even take as much as a Chase Young. Would you be willing to do that? These are the questions the team is going to have to ask themselves, because when it comes to a guy like Deshaun Watson, you need to be ready to pull the trigger. At the end of the day, this is a generational quarterback talent. And this is a, the only way you get one of these guys. It's like a, almost like a one in a million chance. You know how lucky you got to be to get one of these guys, one of these top five talent quarterbacks? They're just not around. It just doesn't happen. So yeah. with this opportunity, teams should be pouncing on it. I think we'll see – if he does get traded, I think we'll see one of the biggest Kings ransoms uh, to ever come from an NFL trade, especially in recent memory. I mean, you think of the Ricky Williams trade, the RG3 trade. There's a couple other trades that stick out in, in, in mind, but – this is this has the potential to be the biggest one, the biggest one yet. Um, I think we, I think we have completed our uh, quarterback carousel. I got a prediction though. Right, I got a prediction. Here. This not not a Deshaun Watson prediction, but a uh, a just a uh, little forecast of where I think people are gonna go. I'm a, I'm speaking into the air right now. Aaron Rodgers. I think quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers going to one two places. He's either going to Las Vegas. Or San Francisco, better like 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 book it. It's gonna be one of them two places. That's all I know. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I don't know where he's going to, but you know he he that he that dude. But Aaron Rodgers is going to the Raiders or the 49ers, bro. Where your boy Matt Stafford going? He going west. I don't know, bro. He don't got juice like that to be doing to be controlling his cards <laughs> like that. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers does. He's going to be one of two places. Going up in, in in southern in California, back back up up in, in northern California with the Niners Bay Area. That's where he where you know that's where he where he came up, bro. 
you know, or he's going up in with the Raiders. John Gruden, man. You know the Monday Night Football games? He was talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's no secret that John Gruden loves Aaron Rodgers. I can you see know? both those things happen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a Cali boy, so I could definitely see the, the 49ers happening. Even a team like the Rams, man. Golf ain't been getting it done. See him going there. It'll be interesting to see where Rodgers ends up. But let's hop off the uh, the quarterback carousel and on to another carousel. And it's that of the coaching. The coaching carousel has been going strong for a couple of weeks now. Seems like coaches are getting higher left and right. My guy Eric Bieniemy still out there, just waiting on his opportunity. It's crazy if you ask me. But uh, let's 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 jump along the, the coaching carousel. And I got a question for everybody: What was the best and worst hire of the last week or so when it comes to these NFL coaches? Uh, T Boogie, I'm gonna start with you, sir. I mean, I, I feel like the easy the easy answer is uh, Detroit, man. I, I don't know what professional wrestling league they got this guy out of man he's talking about fighting kneecaps and all sorts of nonsense man uh bro the lions I, I i don't get it i i don't get it what's his name dan campbell or something i don't know he, he's up there talking like macho man randy savage you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's a terrible hire it's a terrible hire if you're a detroit fan not sure how you get excited about that uh it's a good time to leave the organization. Football fans tend to think they got to stay with their team forever. Leave. No <laughs> one would judge you. <laughs> no one would judge you. And um, I think the best hire uh, is between Urban Meyer and Saylor. Um, but the Jets, man, you got, you got the 49ers defensive coordinator. This guy got it done with tons of injuries, the coronavirus, no Bosa. Um, the 49ers have had a great defense the last two years. And from all accounts, Players like them, coaches like them, fans like them. It's a that's a great starting point, and you got a, a pick, and potentially you can get Deshaun Watson. So, uh, I mean, it's a match made in heaven, man. So I, I like what the Jets did, and I hate what the Lions did. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I I, I like what the Jets did too. I mean, they brought energy in with that hire, and uh, I think you could tell from the press conference, man. Uh, Robert uh, Saleh, he's not, he's, he's not there to play. He's not there to play at all. He's dead serious about his about his uh, profession, and you love to see that. Detroit's coach, on the other hand, looked a little janky. It looked a little janky. Rome, we going to you, man. Best and worst coaching hires uh, from the last week or so. Hey, man, for me, the best coaching hire was definitely Robert Saleh, like you guys just mentioned. <clears throat> I love the energy he brings, the attitude, uh, the focus, the, the intensity, all that. That's what football should be about. Uh, but for me – this might be a little controversial, but the worst coaching hire is quite clearly Urban Meyer uh, in Jacksonville. Like, I think that is a joke. I think, I, like, wait, wait, let me clarify. They're <laughs> they're selling everybody a dream here. Like, so we were. I was supposed to believe that because Homie was a good coach in college, that he's supposed to just transcend to the NFL. How often does that happen? How many coaches have been successful in that way? Not very many. So. I'm not as hype as everyone else is on this Urban Meyer hire, and not just because of the coach. I mean, Jacksonville is a franchise that has always been a bit of a failure. They might have a good year here or there, but they don't really do anything long term. And I don't see Urban Meyer all of a sudden turning Jacksonville into some force of a team. Um, I could be wrong. It's one of those things where it's going to take probably a couple seasons to really say. Uh, but I, I, I think this was a, a hire where you you sell something to the fans, like something's going to turn around, and then in a couple years you'll be in the same spot. You don't think he can make Trevor Lawrence work out? Because that's, that's the pick. I mean, this, might be a, 
This might be another controversial take, but I think he'll ruin Trevor Lawrence. You think he'll take Trevor Lawrence though? He I mean he's got it's it's his pick. We his choice quarterbacks. That's the only reason he took the job. Only right. reason. I know, and that, that's going to be, and it's going to be criticized every step of everything that they do. If he takes Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be a lot like Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? They're they're tethered, so each, every, their success will be completely tethered. So if he has Trevor Lawrence and it doesn't look good after two seasons, this is a microwave society. Like how how, how long is the rope really going to be for Urban Meyer? I mean, I mean Urban Meyer brought in what Daryl Bevel and uh, the Ravens defensive line coach. I think he he surrounded himself with NFL experience. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, 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 that's true. He is surrounding himself yeah. with the right guys. But I think one one point Rome is kind of making here is uh, Urban Meyer used to build in the program. And you don't get that time in the NFL to build a program. You know what you get time for? You get time to turn something around. And if you can't turn something around immediately, the clock starts immediately ticking. So it will be interesting to see if Urban Meyer can kind of, uh, you know, change the trajectory of some of these coaches that come in from the college rank. One guy that did it recently, I think, is Cliff Kingsbury. I think people are viewing him as a success story thus far in Arizona. So I think it is possible, but we'll see if uh, Urban Meyer can connect with these uh, – grown men the same way he's able to connect with the college kids. I think that's another thing that, that, that'll be a little bit of an adjustment for him. Uh, but uh, I do like Urban Meyer as a coach overall. I don't think it's the best hire so far. I, I would probably go with Robert Saylor as well. I think that's a can't. That's, 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 they knocked that out the park. Only way they could have done better to me is they brought in Eric Bannon because I think he was the best uh, coaching option on the market. But my worst NFL coaching hire is the Philadelphia Eagles, man? I mean, this guy Nick Sirianni. Where did they find this guy, man? This, they found this guy out of a out of a yearbook somewhere or something. I don't know, <laughs> Scruff. You know, I you know I got to lob this to you, man. Let's hear your best and worst NFL coach to hire, and please uh, comment on this 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 new coach that you guys brought in, Nick Sirianni. Man, I understand he's the former offensive coordinator for the Colts, but from my understanding, he he never was uh, the play caller for the Colts. So what would you think about that hire as well, man? Chime in. All right. Well, uh, I agree with you. I think it's the worst coaching hire out of all the coaching hires. And um, for a number of reasons. I'll break down why. Um, first thing is I've never heard of him. Um, that's the first thing. Um, number two, <laughs> um, the whole premise of hiring Sirianni was based on Carson Wentz's relationship with Frank Wright and the hopes of revitalizing Carson Wentz's career, which is tied to an enormous salary hit that we are stuck with, with Carson Wentz's contract regardless. So we are literally, we are stuck with Carson Wentz. So what the co-hire was here was a strategic decision to try to bring back Carson Wentz. And that is a recipe for disaster because you don't, you don't hire a coach based on one player. You hire a coach for 53 players. That's what you do. You don't hire a coach for one player. The problem is you're building a coaching staff around a player that we don't even know if he's got his heart in the game, man. We don't even know if he can bounce back. It's questionable if he can. So you don't want to build a foundation. You know, you don't build a house. You don't build a house, house, house and south foundation. You don't build it over – you know, the top of, a, you know, off the edge of a cliff because that's what they're doing right now. Because what is so the worst case scenario is what happens if Carson Wentz doesn't work out? Then what do you do? Then you have a backup quarterback who I believe is actually the better quarterback. 
and actually has the more promise between the two uh, prospects at this point in their careers. And then you got a coach that's not even geared to make him successful when you could have done so many things with the way you could have run it. Personally, there's three choices that, that I would have made before this guy, probably five, but I'll, I'll just, I'll go with three. Um, Eric Bianami, obviously it's, 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 I, I'm saying it's fucking ridiculous that he's not getting a head coaching job yet. Um, and all these dudes are just fucking skipping the line. They're about to give Josh McNown a, a head coaching job. He was just, he was quarterback, third string quarterback two years ago. And he's about to skip the line. Uh, Eric Bianami would have been my first choice. Uh, Todd Bowles is another guy that I would have looked at. Um, he is the reason why, if you look at coordinators in the Super Bowl, yes, the Bucks are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, no, it's actually Eric Bianami and Todd Bowles, two best coordinators in the game. Those would have been my first two choices. And then, if you want to go with a third choice, you had the best coach right there in your building. The team actually went behind him and supported him. Every player on the roster that I could think of came out and supported and said, I want Deuce Taylor to be my coach. Former players, former coaches, the whole nine, the respect. You want to build the organization and you get the trust of your players when you basically lost their trust and the locker room is divided, that's what you do. You, you, you hire Deuce Staley. You don't bring in an outsider. Now, Deuce Staley just had to go take a job. And now he's, he's about to be assistant coach with the Detroit Lions on the, on the bite your knees coaching staff, man. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you know, like, that's disrespectful. Like, I know it, it, that the former player, like, that was, that was his job. That was his job to be in. I've been in that situation, dude. I get it. It's fucked up. It's an organization that doesn't want to see you succeed because you don't look like the guy that they want you to look like. That's what it is. Same reason Dan Campbell's the head coach, you know, and B. Eric Bianami's not. How does that happen? But, like, hey, I'm not a, I'm not a GM. Not yet. But um, give me that. I'll, I'll make a better decision. I promise you. But um, best uh, coaching hire, uh, I got to say, is is, uh, is is the Jets hire. I don't want to be monotonous. I just because the, he's the first Muslim coach uh, in the history of the NFL. I like the diversity. Um, but the Urban Meyer hire is up there, too, man, because, like, if you're going to bring in a guy, I, I understand what you're saying about college coaches coming to the next level, but there's never been a time more ripe to enter the league as a college coach than right now. Because the college game, the, the pro game has evolved almost to a level where the college game concepts are flourishing now. And um, now more than ever, I think Urban Meyer could come in there and do that. And then if you want to take your best shot at, at being an NFL head coach, you want to do it with your best, uh, you know, you like basically you, you're hoping that the cards play out for you. Hey, <laughs> he said that before. I know, man. All the nights. Appreciate you for being back with us, man. But if you, if you want to talk about getting the perfect hand dealt to you as a head coach, that means you get to pick your quarterback. It's like you said, Bryce, you only got four years, three years maybe to turn it around just like that. Best bet is to have the quarterback that you want. You got your first pick, man. Who do you want? You want Trevor Lawrence? You want your guy, uh, you want your guy uh, Justin Fields, you know, from Ohio State? It's, it's your choice, man. Whoever you get as quarterback, riding it out. Win or lose. Um, but uh, I like that decision, especially because he's got a good staff around him. He's not a dummy. He's not Chip Kelly. I think I think the, the issue with the Urban Meyer, um, I, I've heard it said that, like, the difference between Urban Meyer and, and Belichick or Urban Meyer and Nick Saban is the fact that uh, those guys eat stress for lunch. And, and Nick and uh, Urban Meyer has always ended up, you know what I'm saying, stressed out, unhealthy, having to lead. So I, I'm curious to see if the, the rigors of the NFL, how he'll hold up. Um, it's more games than college. 
Um, you're, you got to manage adults now, like real, real men that might not necessarily have to <laughs> respect you to, to work for you. So it's a different ball game. That's that's why I don't have that Urban Meyer higher as high. And um, that Nick Serrani guy, I think I don't think that's a bad move. The first thing he said he wanted to do was look at receiver. So I know he's smart because they don't have anybody to throw the ball to out there. And on there top of go. that, he he he's in my opinion he's a nobody, right? So. He, he's not a he's not a huge name. If it doesn't work out and you guys fire him after one year, who cares? So, <laughs> you know what I'm oh man, so you say you say he he got hired to get fired. So it's a good hire, but I, if I you watched, fire him after watched, one year, who cares? <laughs> I watched the 49ers do it with uh Jim Tom Sula. We're just gonna yeah. grab a guy. We know the team's not good. Maybe they make something happen, but if they don't. Uh, next year's coaching staff. Next year, maybe that's when you do get bowls or be enemy. You know what I'm saying? So, I, it's probably not all chips into this Nick guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Philly loses and he's he's out of the league. You know what I'm saying? He's in college somewhere, or or taking a position coach job. All right. Well, I'll end it with this. I know my Urban Meyer is the worst coach and hire take is a little controversial, but I do think I'll be proven right over the course of time. I definitely know my stuff. And time we, we coming that, back to this clip. Oh, we will be coming back to it. I, I will certainly bring it up myself because I know what I'm saying. But speaking of knowing what you're saying, let's switch it up to the NBA, fellas. And uh, T, man, I know you know what you're saying when it comes to basketball. You know the game like the back of your hand. But I got to throw you this question. So far in the NBA season, what's been the – I don't think much can surprise you in, in basketball, but what has been your biggest surprise thus far? Uh, probably the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think anyone thought I was going to say that, but – Right now they're they're in the playoffs. If the playoff it's super early, small sample size, but um, Colin Sexton was a guy that came into the league and guys were saying he he didn't really know how to play the game. He's starting to figure it out. Uh, Darius Garland's another guy that had to develop. Andre Drummond is playing out of his mind. Larry Nance leads the league in steals. Like how random is that? Like, <laughs> um, there's a lot of surprises in the league, but Cleveland being a, a a playoff team to me is kind of I, I had them at I had them being like Minnesota is you know what I'm saying like just a bunch of young guys that just gonna go out there and play but no these guys are winning winning games and it's a team you really don't want to play man Andre Drummond is twenty and twenty some nights uh, you Sexton went crazy on Kyrie so that's my that's my biggest surprise yeah that's a, that's a good point man it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can sustain that over the course of the season. Uh, Scruff, I know you're another big NBA guy, man. What's, what's, what's been the biggest surprise for you this season? Well, I, I, I tend to agree with T. Uh, teams like the Hawks and um, the Cavs are two teams that come to mind when I think the two teams that are um, surprising to me. Uh, but I'd say the biggest surprise of the season, surprise to most, uh, not really a surprise to me. Um, I'd like to revisit the clip uh, maybe three weeks ago when I said that. Joel Embiid was going to be an MVP candidate. And they were saying, oh, yeah, you trying to sneak that in there. Yeah, yeah, I did sneak it in there. It's, it's, it, he's probably the MVP so far this season. And I, I'm not surprised. Um, so that's my biggest surprise of, 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 of the season is that y'all were so, so, so dismissive of the concept of Joel Embiid being the MVP. And right now, to me, he's the MVP. Um, I mean, you can argue with guys like, LeBron, AD, whatever, the Sixers have the number one record in the East. I'm not saying that they are going to win a championship, but they still have to prove themselves. But right now, they're staying the course 
And Joel Embiid for MVP is looking like a real smart investment if you took my advice. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Bryce, are you are you investing in Joel Embiid as MVP this season? I don't even got to ask me that. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, with LeBron James <laughs> ha- actually having the best record in the NBA. <laughs> we'll see if the Sixers can uh, sustain this for an entire season. I think they have gotten out to a great start. Joel Embiid is playing – I think the second best basketball of his life. I don't even think this is the best basketball I've seen him play yet, but he is balling out of control right now. Joel Embiid is definitely balling. MVP, I can't even give it to him, though, because at the end of the season, I do still believe that Kevin Durant will be the best player in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Nets aren't up there with rec- with the record quite yet where the Sixers are, but they're only a few games behind. Season changes very quickly. Let's think about it. We're still only 18 games into the season, and we're talking about MVPs after 18 games. So it was like almost, what? A sixth of the season. We still got a lot of basketball yet to be played. Uh, if I had to rank it right now, I'd probably say LeBron James one, KD two, Joel and uh, Joel and B at a close three. But uh, I still can't give them that nod for the MVP just yet. Uh, biggest surprises though, man. I think there's been some 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 pretty big time surprises uh, early. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I got I got I got to look at some of these NBA trades that have surprised me. I think. Uh, Harden going wasn't a huge shock to the gas community. We kind of alerted people already. But before the season, we had a mega deal go down for uh, John Wall for Russell Westbrook, two of the biggest contracts in the league getting swapped. I was on the show on the record saying I thought the Wizards would be the winner of that deal. Uh, I think the biggest surprise to me so far is how dramatically of a loser they've been of that deal. Uh, John Wall still has a lot of juice left in his tank. And Russell Westbrook looks like his juice is quickly, quickly fading away. Uh, so I think that's probably my biggest surprise. Hey, DJK Show, you're right, man. K, they, they got into it tonight. They play again. I think they're going to get into it every single time they play because uh, those are two fiery, two fiery uh, point guards right there. Both love to lead the team. Both love to be the, be the spotlight. So uh, that, that's probably my biggest surprise, how, how left that trade is going. Yeah, not to give too much time to it, but that's also my biggest surprise of the season. I thought the Wizards would be looking a little bit better than they are now, but uh, it's still very early in the season, so we'll see if they can at least stop being bottom feeders. Um, but let's keep it in the East, man. Like the team that I think is going to win the East, and I know I know Scruff is hype on Philly right now, but it's, it's going to be the next, right? So the question that I got to pose to you fellas is: Is are you concerned with the Nets' defense? They haven't they haven't looked too great right now. So I'm gonna throw this jump ball, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, T. You nah, I, was, I, was, I was already concerned <laughs> with the defense. I mean, we got three stars that uh, make their living with the ball in their hand, shooting the ball, and um, I, I don't think a lot of people understand how much energy goes into uh, being a scorer. That's why you see Jordan with a Pippen. That's why you saw Kobe with a Ron Artest. Um, you got three guys that are that offensive minded. Um, typically, you need somebody to defend the, the other stars, but now your your stars have to defend the other stars on a nightly basis. Uh, Steve Nash is playing these guys 35, 40 minutes a game, every game. Um, that doesn't help your legs. You need your legs to play defense. So I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned if, with them potentially burning out by the time we get to the playoffs. So um, something's going to have to move. Like, I think they're looking at JaVale McGee. My boy Chris Holt's been saying that for a while now, a week. Um, they're going to have to make a move. They're going to have to bring in some defenders, some rim protectors, some perimeter defenders, because as it stands – Teams aren't worried about uh, scoring. They're just trying to figure out how to stop them. If you can just hold them down to like 120, you're probably going to score 130 on them. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the defense. Man, I, my concern for the defense at an all-time high. Last week on the show, I, I, I said uh, Steve Nash had a lot to figure out, um, you know, and, and, I, and I get that not everyone agreed because there is so much talent on that team right now. But Steve Nash has a lot to figure out about coaching and coaching in the NBA and putting together defensive schemes. I am in the boat that I think they have enough to get it done because I don't think defense is about, oh, we need this guy. Oh, we need this rim protector. Like I've seen teams with a little bit of talent get it done big time on the defensive end of the NBA because defense is all about effort. It's all about can do. It's all about want to. You got to want to play defense. It's got to be something that's instilled in you by your coaching staff. Let's let's look at the coaching staff. You've got Steve Nash. What was he known for in his career? Offense. You got his coach from his career, Mike D'Antoni. What has he only ever been known for? Offense. Now they got James Harden playing under his same coach he just played for in Houston. And the only problem they ever had in Houston was the defense. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's some recipes for disaster when it comes to uh, Nets defensive basketball. Now, I think KD is so great. He's so great that he's going to figure this out. Because at the end of the day, KD over these past three or four seasons has risen his defense to, to one of the best defenders in the league. And I would have never thought he would become that. But he is now, in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the league. And I think he'll he'll figure it out. He'll be able to galvanize the troops. He'll be able to make them sell, you know, all buy in. Because in Golden State, they bought into the defensive scheme, right? Golden State was great because of their offense. But they were a champion because of their defense and their consistency on defense and their consistency on switching and their want to to do it. I think KD will, you know, get the guys in line. But Steve Nash is failing so far, especially when it comes to coaching the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, level of concern is a 10. Uh, I don't understand. Like, I get it. The star power, star, stars definitely are, like, the way to get yourself to that next level in this league. But role players, role players win championships, man. Um, the Lakers were able to get it done last year. They got even better role players this year. Um the thing is, the Nets, I don't even know if they're going to be able to make it out of the East, bro, because they just lost two games back-to-back to the Cavaliers, right? Now, the Cavaliers are a playoff team, yeah. But, I mean, bro, like, talking about like, they would be like four or five seed, bro, two games, like, in, in, like a, in a series-type setting. They lost two games within three, four days of each other. Yeah, that's like kind of like a playoff back-to-back losses. That's extremely concerning. Uh, especially when they don't got no guys down low. I agree, Bryce. Uh, Kevin Durant is much improved defensively. Um, you know, he's the best defensive player on the Nets, I'd go out and be willing to say. Um, that's a problem. That's a major problem. Um, that's not enough, bro. It's not enough. They're going to need more guys that's going to be able to get it done. Tough guys It's going to slow the pace down, be able to get dirty, you know, get the rebounds, get them second-chance points. You know what I'm saying? Um, one name that I throw out there, I know they, they're uh, linked to JaVale McGee. And the perfect guy would be a guy like P.J. Tucker. Uh, he was just with James Harden, but they're missing a guy like that, you know? Uh, someone that's going to go over there and just literally have no reason to touch the ball except to get rebounds, get steals, and just get dirty, you know? Like, get a dude like – give me a dude like James Johnson. I don't know if you know that dude. That He's like a MMA fighter, and he's like a, a – NBA player. He's like 6'8". You know, he'll get into you. You know what I'm saying? Those are the type of dudes you want. Give me like a dude like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He was on the Nets like two years ago. I don't know is when, when you know, like, he'll get into a guy. You know, like, he'll, you put him on a guy like 
a Ben Simmons. He'll get into, you know, for 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 minimum for less than a million a year, he'll get into a guy for you. Those are the kind of guys you for need. For less than a million? For less than less a million. Less than a million. Probably like a buck twenty-five, bro. I'm telling you, veteran minimum guys, bro. You cheap. Better better veteran minimum guys, bro. It's like it's like uh it's like Billy Bean. It's like that movie, man. Money and money game. You gotta get the you gotta get the band and misfits together. The net the nets are missing a little, they need a little little Charles Oakley in there. You know, they need a little, you know, they need some roughness, you know what I'm saying, in the paint, man. They can't have all this finesse on score, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like building a meal. Right now you got, you know, old big-ass plate of fried chicken. It's, it's lit. <laughs> you know, but you need some greens on that plate, young man. You know what I'm saying? And the Nets need some defense, bro. They need some defense because when push comes to shove, you know, all that offense, it ain't enough, bro. Like, you can't stop the Nets. I mean, you can't stop the uh, the Cavs when push come to shove. Um, you're going to have a hard time stopping pretty much anybody. All right, well, my level of concern was probably around a five. After listening to uh, T and Bryce, it's up to, like, an eight. After listening to Scruff, I kind of want to play the chicken. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next <laughs> the next, uh, the next part of the NBA topic, man. It's, it's one of my favorite games that we do. It's the this or that segment, um, and it's a good one, man. We're, we're going this or that between Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. So I'm going to throw this one to Bryce first because I definitely want to hear what everyone says, but I'm going to let Bryce start it off. This or that, man, Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell? Oh, man, this one is tough. I mean, I know I do give Ben Simmons a hard time every now and then, but it's because I do see so much potential in the guy. Uh, this was a race to potential. If this was a, if this was 2K, if I got to control the players myself on the sticks myself, I would go with Ben Simmons. But you know, if this is not a fantasy world. This is the real world. In the real world, I need a bucket. And guess who's gonna give me that bucket? It's Donovan Mitchell. It's Donovan Mitchell. If I was starting my team, I'm taking Donovan Mitchell over Ben Simmons because at the end of the day. I can I can find a team to do the thing. The, all the things Ben Simmons does, they're great. But if I get the right team together, they're all gonna, we're going to do the things that Ben Simmons does. We're going to do that as a team. But a walking bucket, a walking bucket is is a thing that you just don't. You just not. Too, it's not too easy to find. And Donovan Mitchell is certainly a walking bucket. I don't know if anyone saw the exchange between him and him and Shaq recently, but it was hilarious. It was hilarious. You know, Shaq always trying to check somebody, but uh, Donovan Mitchell handled it pretty well, man. And he was fresh off a 36-7-6 and six game. 36-7-6. and six. Those are numbers that Ben Simmons is not going to give me, right? And, and, and I got two minutes left in the game. Guess what? Donovan Mitchell is going to knock down big-time shots. Clutch in, in the clutch opportunities, Donovan Mitchell shows up. And, and guess what? He doesn't just show up on the offensive end in clutch opportunities. I've seen him show up, clutch steals, clutch blocks. I've seen him doing both. So uh, for my money, it's Donovan Mitchell over Ben Simmons. But like I said, this was 2K, and I got to control the guy myself, and I was on the sticks. I might, I might take Ben Simmons. I might take Ben Simmons, but it's real life, baby. I got to go D Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you absolutely cool. right, Bryce. You absolutely right. You don't even got to intro me. Uh, you absolutely right, Bryce, because those are stats that John, that Ben Simmons will never give you. Because Ben Simmons, I can only count. I can literally count on one hand. How many games that Ben Simmons had seven rebounds, six assists? Like, those are – that's his best game where he had, like, you know, all-around game. Like, he affected the game in so many ways. Because one game. he's a superstar. 
because he's a superstar on talent like that. Let me tell you a little something about Donovan Mitchell, bro. Uh, like Shaq said, bro, he's a great player. He's he's someone I love to watch, but he's a one-dimensional player, my man. He's a, he's a scorer, and I, I get it. Scoring is what puts the butts in the seats. You know, most people, you know, don't watch basketball as much as as, as I, I'm trying to do my own home. But don't people don't watch basketball as much as I do, man. Y'all be watching highlights. Stop watching highlights because highlights will tell you a story that you wanted that that they want you to hear. You know, Donovan Mitchell, yeah, he gets you 20 points a game. He'll fill it up. But Ben Simmons affects the game in so many different ways, bro. Like Donovan Mitchell does one thing really well. Ben Simmons does everything extremely well except for one thing. It's the complete opposite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ben Simmons is, is an elite defensive player because Donovan Mitchell's not a good defender. First of all, if you want to be an elite player in the league, you got to be an elite defender. So if, you, if I'm building my franchise around one player, I'm building around Ben Simmons because where are you going to be able to get one player that's going to be able to give you double-digit rebounds, close to double-digit assists, you know, be a, be the, a great defensive player, force the ball, you know, basically create havoc and transition – create turnovers, you know, he's really – he's a hell of a player, bro. Um, like I say, if I'm coaching him, I'm going to I'm gonna find a way to use that player to the best of the talent. I could find guys that could get buckets, but give me a guy that's unique, a unicorn like Ben Simmons, and I'll find a way to use him properly. Um, you know, no offense, Doc. Look, All right, T, T you, you, uh, you riding any unicorns? I'm, I mean, Ben Simmons is cool. Um, if you look at his player efficiency rating, I'm not sure if you're in those advanced metrics, but uh, it's, it's lower than Donovan Mitchell's. Um, the guy <laughs> does fill up the stat sheet. If you know me, you know, I, I will tell you, man, triple doubles are like the most overrated stat at this point, man. So guys are just grabbing rebounds and for the sake of grabbing them, you know what I'm saying? Then jumping out, moving the big man out the way just to get a rebound. I, Russell Westbrook is still averaging close to triple double numbers, and uh, the the Wizards are at the bottom of the league. So how how important are these triple doubles? So he's averaging what four assists, maybe three assists, maybe more, four steals, maybe more. Mitchell's averaging twelve points more. I never, I, I've coached a little basketball. I never told my team, bro, we lost by like three assists tonight. No, <laughs> we lost by seven rebounds. No. You you got a score in this league, and, and Donovan Mitchell is a throwback to like the league when a score wasn't expected to lead the team in rebounds or lead the team in assists or just dribble the ball twenty seconds out of the shot clock. I mean, he's not an elite defender, and Simmons is, but he's a willing defender. And Bryce was talking earlier. The defense is a mentality. He's on a defensive minded team. No one on his team is complaining about his defense. The Conley's in there. Gobert's in there. They got guys in there to play defense to let this guy operate as a scorer, and that's what he does. So I'm taking a guy with the better stats. I'm taking a guy um, this, to me is just a, a better basketball player right now. So did I just hear you uh, give to Booty Gobert some some love? I mean, he's there to play defense. He's not. He's not, he's not worth two hundred million dollars. I'm not. I'm not paying him. To you got to pay him two hundred million dollars when your best player doesn't play a lick of defense. That's what happens. Bro. Oh, no, I, 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 I can sign. I can sign Javale McGee <laughs> and get a guy to block shots. Like, I'm, that's crazy. Donovan Mitchell plays defense, man. But Scruff's over exaggeration of Ben Simmons lying. You must be stopped today, lying. You got to be stopped. <laughs> I'm here to stop you, man. What okay, are you talking about? Ben Simmons does everything great. Yeah. Everything 
What are we talking about? He doesn't do everything great. Absolutely not. How, how can you do everything great with one? You know, except one thing. So what's the one thing? Because he's not good at scoring. He can't he's score. Not shooting. Shoot. He's not good at shooting free throw. You know, it's people that are good at shooting mid range. Shooting. Shooting. Oh, no, 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 shooting. No, no. That's no, it. No. Shooting covers all bases. There's guys that are good at shooting threes, but they can't shoot mid range. But they can't shoot free. This guy can't shoot anything, and he plays basketball. That's not one <laughs> thing. He's great at everything. He's just bad at one thing. That's the, that's so misleading. You should be a campaign manager for one of these crooked politicians talking like that, man. I'm just saying, bro. Uh, <laughs> I mean, man, he can't no, shoot anything, no. and he plays basketball. I mean, if you, if you think about it right, Embiid <laughs> might average 20 rebounds a night if he didn't have to worry about his, his, his point guard jumping in the paint every play. You know what I'm man. saying, right? The other week I said, you know, I said that Ben Simmons was just a was just a 6'10 Ray John Rondo. But I was disrespectful to Ray John Rondo and Ray John, I apologize, bro. My bad, bro. Ben Simmons is not a 6'10 Ray John Rondo. Cause I went back and put on the Ray John Rondo tape. And he's nothing like what Ray John Rondo was, because Ray John Rondo had the point guard mentality to always control the flow and the pace of the game. I've watched more and more of Ben Simmons this season, and he's got the mentality to run the fast break, which looks good, and it, and it gets you some assists. But once that once that basketball gets in the half court, Ben Simmons is almost obsolete, even as even as a game manager. And uh, I, my bad, Rondo. You, you know, you I, I should never call Ben Simmons a six ten Rondo because a six ten Rondo would have been a surefire Hall of Famer, no no question. It would have been he would have been one of the best players to ever do it if he was six ten. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons just – I mean, uh, he just can't take – he doesn't dominate games. We've seen Donovan Mitchell – we saw him in the bubble go crazy, put the team on his back. I mean, that's just not what Simmons does. So, to me, I'm going with the guy that I can trust to get us over the hump. There's more than one way to dominate a game, actually. And that's the thing. Y'all only want to see the one way that you could dominate a game. There's several ways you could dominate a game. That's all I'm saying, bro. That's all I'm saying, man. Yeah, you can dominate it like Rondo used to. I mean, I wouldn't compare him to a Rondo, but you know, like I said, I don't think he's a point guard. I think he, I think he's 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 like he's a like a point forward. But it's 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 a, it's a, it's a mute point, man. I'm preaching to the choir, man. You know, it's like you know, it's just, it's it's playing a game you can't win. You know, really, when it comes to Ben Simmons, when you're talking about Donovan Mitchell, but that's kind of like our next topic. No, we don't. Gee, stay home. I, I, I can't. I, I, My man said the sixty seveners. He had the bootleg two K. <laughs> the sixty seveners is a. Is that, that's the eighty. The Delaware blue coats. No, nah, I'm tripping. But uh, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, shout out to blue coats. My, my man Shake Milton came out the blue coats. Man, I, I, that's another person that I told y'all about. But uh, man, it's 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 like the, the game's rigged, man. When I talk to y'all about Ben Simmons, and that's kind of like this my next topic, which is uh about this Hall of Fame baseball voting, man. I know we don't talk baseball often, but when the big dogs are up for uh for you know for the vote, and it happens on the day of the show, uh, we gotta do one for for the for the baseball folks. Um, uh, basically, just to give y'all a summary, nobody got in the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, I, I don't know if that's ever never happened before. Somebody need to stat check that. But basically, nobody got in the Hall of Fame this year. You need 75% of the vote to get in. Um, nobody got 75%. The closest person was Kurt Schilling, who landed at 71%. Uh, 
Uh, also running in the close margin would be Barry Bonds, who had 61% vote, and Roger Clemens, 61.6. A couple other notables on the na- on the list, Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquez, Billy Wagner, Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield. But obviously Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, those are the big names on the list. Um, those are the two biggest names associated with, obviously, let's address the elephant in the room, steroids. The, the, the asterisks, you know, the one thing in baseball that kind of made things unfair, uneven. Um, yeah, nah, baseball's rough. That's why, the, that's, why, that's, why the, that's why the people was juicing, man. That's why folks was juicing, bro. That's why Barry Bonds felt the need to, 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 to juice up, man. And, and, and I feel like it's, it's almost a reminder. It's, it's tough for Barry, man, to get in on the week of Hank Aaron's death. I don't think if Hank Aaron would have died this week, I think Barry Bonds might have got 75% of the vote. Real talk. Because, like, um, you might have forgot. You might have wanted to give him some credit. But, yo, Hank Aaron, bro, like, you know, he's legit. You know, his head didn't get bigger when he hit all, he he got his home run record. You know, it's hard to give Barry Bonds flowers on the same week that Hank Aaron passed away. R.I.P. Hank. Um, but, fellas, I mean, did Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, do these guys deserve spots in the Hall of Fame? Is that something y'all can see ever happening, or is it pretty much a done deal for these guys? Hall of Fame or not for Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, fellas? I mean, I think you got to let them guys in, man. The MLB, like you said, they had a they had a crisis in the, in the 90s where people weren't really watching the early 2000s. People weren't tuning in like they were. Like, America's pastime was shifting the football. Um, scoring, we, we, we know in sports, fans want to see scoring. The MLB sold its soul. These same writers that are denying these guys in the Hall of Fame praised them when they were hitting these home runs. Everybody knew they were juicing. I didn't even know much about baseball back then. I knew they were juicing. I know a man's head, you know what I'm saying? His face shouldn't be all enlarged <laughs> like that. I know these guys did not look like athletes, you know what I'm saying, typical athletes. So, yeah, the, the MLB, they, they should let them in. You, you can't just turn your back on them after you use them for all the money, the ratings, the revenue, you know, that those guys are the reason you can pay the Bryce Harpers and the Mike Trouts. And now you now you don't want to let them in the Hall of Fame? I don't know, man. It's kind of terrible. Uh, kind of just alludes to how baseball is still a bad product. They haven't figured it out. Um, these are some people's favorite players. These are some players' favorite players. And you're keeping them out of the Hall of Fame. Uh, and they're keeping Kurt Schilling out because he's uh, racist and uh, <laughs> homophobic and all that. But still, I, the guy's conduct, off the field shouldn't dictate, you know what I'm saying, how he get, you know, his Hall of Fame stature. These guys put up amazing numbers regardless. Everybody was juicing. Everybody was juicing. So let them all in. I mean, everybody's not getting in, though. That's the point. That I mean, so who are you going to let in? The, the no-name guy? Nobody. Just nobody? Nobody. Nobody's getting nobody. in. Who's gotten yeah. in that, 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 was, that was allegedly in the mix in the steroid era? You know? Yeah, I mean, but I don't know why – to me, like I said, it's just crazy to penalize guys that are, were doing what everybody knew they were doing. You didn't penalize them when they were doing it. And so they got to redo how they do voting in Hall of Fame's period. You're letting these writers control too much of the narrative. Um, that's a whole different topic, you know what I'm saying, the makeup of these writers. But right now, it's crazy. Let these guys in, man. I think they got, yeah. what, one more year maybe? I think I next year. I don't know how much of a different topic it is, T, because honestly, uh, my thoughts on this is absolutely these guys deserve to be in. Uh, but I don't think the voting changes until we get new voters. I don't think they get in until 
we can get new voters or it'll be the same kind of thing. This is another classic situation where the MLB is shooting themselves in the foot. T already alluded to it. These are some people's favorite players, man. I played baseball. We used to watch videos of how Barry Bonds hit the ball, like his his style, his his swing, his technique. Not him juicing up. Like that man can hit a baseball. Like everybody knows that. Roger Clemens is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Everybody who knows baseball knows that. It's not even debatable. If you took the steroids out of it, they'd already be in. So it's really just laughable. Um, and I, I don't see it changing unless there's some type of new structure for voting or new people making the votes. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with Rome. I think that, uh, I mean, well, it, it's twofold for me. I, first, I got to agree with T, too. I mean, uh, baseball wanted it both ways. They wanted to use these guys' celebrity, their likeness, you know, all the attention that was getting them to their advantage and, and to their bottom line. But on the, on the flip side, they want to exclude these guys and be judged during execution of who goes into the uh, Hall of Fame, which I get. It's, you know, it's their thing. It's baseball's thing. But you go down a very slippery slope with baseball because in baseball there's always been a history of players attempting to, to gain advantages. Uh, this is from the beginning of time. This is back from the 1800s. Uh, I mean, Babe Ruth, that's everybody's that's, – that's, that's, the, that's the poster boy for baseball, right? Babe Ruth, what if I told you that Babe Ruth, there's, there's accounts, there's records – of him receiving injections from sheep testicles. That sounds crazy, right? That sounds like he was trying to gain a, an advantage to me. I don't know. I mean, it just sounds like he went re went, sounds like he went real far to try to gain that advantage, right? And I think in baseball, you've always had that. Now, what if we got rid of every single Hall of Fame pitcher that used to put a little bit of a little bit of the tack on the ball, a little bit of that tacky on the ball so he so he could get a better curveball? You know, what if, what, if you, what if you got every pitcher that used to spit in their hand before they threw the ball to put a little more juice on it, right? I mean, if you started doing things like that, you, you're never going to catch everybody in baseball. And I think that there's always been a history. I think that's a part of the baseball culture is guys trying to gain competitive advantages. Um, at the end of the day, we've got the public opinion that will be able to kind of be the jury on that, right? The court of public opinion never fails. If you let a guy in the Hall of Fame and everybody doesn't respect it, It'll be it will be brought up every time his name is brought up. I do think some most of these guys who are going to go into the Hall of Fame eventually from the steroid era will bring it up when we talk about them. It's not like we're going to talk about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and not bring up the fact that they were both juice. Like we know that that's already in our mind. So holding these guys out from the from the conversation from the Hall of Fame to me is it, no point. It, it, it's pointless now. Uh, you guys talk about Hank Aaron and you know I can't continue this baseball segment without. You know, shouting out the, the big guy upstairs now, man. Rest in peace to Henry Hank Aaron. But if you remember how he handled the Barry Bond situation where Barry Bond was headed, about to break his record, Hank wasn't tripping. Hank Aaron wasn't like, no, 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 this record shouldn't count. I mean, you could kind of tell he was a little salty, but he might be a little salty someone about to break their longstanding record. But he never got up and said and denounced Barry Bonds, right? At the end of the day, like my man Texas fan said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying hard. <laughs> ah. That's a fact. <laughs> I mean, them, them guys still using pine tar. You're right, man. That's kind of the culture of the sport, man. People just trying to get over. Uh, Y'all know me. I wouldn't uh, even. Right? I, I don't want to. I don't want to put that culture solely on baseball. That's the culture of sports, man. Like, no, I don't like know the, pa baseball, the Patriots man. cheated plenty. Uh, you get, you get, you get, you can look at plenty of, of things where they're recording practices and like. I don't know. I'd have to dust up on my NBA, but I'm sure some people have, have done whatever they can to get a competitive advantage. I mean, that, that's the nature of competition. 
It's only cheating when they catch you. Facts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know all the cheating that was going on in sports, man. People wouldn't believe it. People wouldn't believe it, man. Yeah, man. We we know all about that, man. (laughs) All right, man. man. I'm going to shift this away from baseball and get into something that's um. You've been on online all day, man. You've been watching TV. You see, everybody's been um, celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant and all the victims lost in the tragic, tragic helicopter, uh, helicopter crash. So, uh, you know, with, with that being said, it's a year from the day that we lost Kobe, we lost Gigi, um, the Outer Bellies, we lost uh, just a group of beautiful souls. So, you know, h- how are you guys remembering Kobe? You know, it's been a year. How are you guys celebrating? How are you guys? Paying homage, you know. What are your thoughts, like? Man, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. Well, I mean, it's 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 sad, you know. I mean, I just honestly uh, ain't really. Uh, it's I'm 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 I'm, I'm grateful. I, I'll say that um, because from the time that uh, Kobe passed to now, I've changed some things in my own life because of Kobe's passing. You know. Um, just because when you realize life is short and you realize that uh, living a life of purpose is is a life worth living. Um, and, you know, one uh, Kobe quote that I live by is, you know, he said, you have to paint beautifully within your box, whatever that box is, you know. So um, this is my box, literally, you know, but, um, you know, whatever that box is, everybody just find that box and you paint beautifully within that box It's just enjoy that shit, you know, have fun. Um, that's a lot of the the lessons that have been resonating with the year uh, for me in many ways. So I just remember the good times and uh, hardest moment ever in Kobe history for me is when he came and um, he uh, tore his ACL and he took the free throws and he walked off. Um, mind over matter, man. You know, it is a real classy way to go out. Um, and just shows you like, you know, mental strength, you know, uh, strength comes from, 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 from in here and, and in here, you know, it ain't, it ain't like, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't what you think it is. Kobe had it all in here, man. And, um, you know, it, it is a blessing that we got a chance to, uh, I wish, cause I was used to, you know, I was just to be like rooting against Kobe, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the greatness of sport. It's the, it's people like Kobe Bryant that make it like, make it, you know, fun because, you know what I mean, like, I was a Sixers fan, like, I that, that shit hurt, you know, them, them finals when we when we got that one game and then that's all we got. <laughs> but, yeah, Kobe's, Kobe's a GOAT, man, and uh, definitely a lot of lessons as I got older. I appreciate him now more than ever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real. And like, like my man said, that, that's deep, man. I, I took a lot of the same lessons where, you know what I'm saying, you just got to – Really embrace, live your life. You know what I'm saying? Master what you can control and uh, let the chips fall where they may. You watch, that. that's my takeaway from, you know what I'm saying? Over a year, I just look back and realize we got to watch Kobe coming as a kid and grow. You know what I'm saying? Had his transgressions and still evolve. You know, evolve past basketball, evolve as a dad. I mean, so just as a parent, you know what I'm saying? Seeing that kid grow to a dad. And the way he did, that, that was kind of, you know, saying I still that still sits with me every time I go to practice, regardless of the sport. You know what I'm saying? Even even with education, you can take that same uh, mindset. Just, you know, say set yourself out for greatness. Don't settle. Put in the work, discipline, 
Self-control, like, a lot of lessons there. What about you guys, Bryce? Hey, man, like, Scruff put it great, T. You just put it great, man. Uh, you know, I think we were all shocked when it happened, right? That was right around the time we were just starting with the show. We were just kind of, you know, getting knee-deep in the, you know, building our vision for this show and uh, kind of coincided with uh, with Kobe. And I think uh, a lot of that energy that we brought to the early episodes, uh, we brought it for Kobe. We, you know, we, and for a guy like me that, you know, grew up around the game of basketball, grew up loving Kobe Bryant, you know, was my favorite player for years. And, you know, and uh, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's still surreal. It's for me, it's still surreal. Uh, sometimes it's not one of those things where I like forget that Kobe passed, you know, but for me and I, probably for a lot of other people, when it first happened, I kind of put it out of my mind, not purposely though, you know, subconsciously kind of just put it out of my mind. And then I, I recently, you know, I've been reflecting on Kobe more and more. It seems like every chance I get, I'm pulling up old Kobe highlights. You know, actually, I actually, I heard Conor McGregor, although he lost of the week and I heard him say something that was uh, pretty profound. He was saying, he's just doing this at this point for the highlights. And uh, man, you, there's nobody out there that has better highlights than Kobe Bryant. I go on and on what he meant, what his mentality meant, what the Kobe mentality meant, you know, what the way he lived his life, what that meant. You know, I can go on and on with the meaning. But just thinking sometimes about the player, man, and just, you know, how we didn't really appreciate how great of a player we had right in front of us while he was right there. Because we're really, we're literally talking about one of the three greatest basketball players of all time, no matter how you chop it up, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And the more I think about it, it's like the higher I keep ranking Kobe. You know what I mean? It's like while he was here, don't get me wrong, we all knew Kobe was a GOAT while he was here. Everyone knew he was a GOAT. But it's almost like something about his death has almost just made me dig further and further into the tape and, and further and further into the fine details. And what you find is that Kobe Bain Bryant it might have been the best basketball player of all time. He might. Sometimes I watch it, I'm like, this dude's better than Jordan. This dude's better than LeBron. I mean, we lost a GOAT. We lost a GOAT in such a, such a young age. Rest in peace, Kobe Bean. Rest in peace uh, to Gigi. Uh, my, my condolences to the whole family, of course. You know, I wish nothing but positivity for them. But, man, what a legacy. What, what a guy. What a guy. Kobe Bean Bryant. What a guy. Man. Yeah, man. There's not too much I can say that y'all haven't already said. <clears throat> but not to get too, you know, caught up in it. Um, it, 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 it cut deep for me when this happened a year ago. Um, to get a little personal. Uh, Kobe, the basketball player, incredible. You know, I could go on for days about it. But for me personally, the biggest impact Kobe will have on my life is the simple fact that, you know, growing up, young black man, father figure not really around. Watching Kobe grow, and T alluded to this, we watched Kobe grow from a kid to an adult, all in the spotlight. We got to see him make mistakes. We got to see him correct those mistakes. We got to see him become an incredible father. Things like that are a huge inspiration to our community, to guys like me specifically, that could make bad decisions or look up to the wrong guy or see someone else make foolish decisions and not correct them. So the biggest impact that Kobe had on me was just watching him live. That's really why his death like hit me so hard, because I honestly looked up to that man. Uh, I. Some of his quotes, I tell to my sons every day, um, like, rest in peace, Kobe, man. Like, is, I, I could really go all, all night about this. Uh, Kobe Bryant was a huge inspiration to me and I'm sure to many others. So rest in peace to him, his daughter, and uh, condolences to the family.
Indeed, indeed, man. Because those that everybody lost their life in an untimely event. Yeah. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all couldn't put it no better, man. And uh, it, it's only a year, so it's, it's like I said, it cuts deep. It still cuts deep. But um, I, you know, I tried to brighten it up a little bit by just looking at the highlights, man. Looking at the smile he had when he was with his family, like that sort of thing. But uh, I don't really want to spend too much time. I know his wife, uh, Vanessa, acts you know, for the NBA not to do tributes. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. So uh, let's move over to what's the biggest thing that happened to this week, man, and this week, like outside of sports, man. We had the verses. We had uh, we had my man Bernie Sanders with an iconic meme. We, we, had a, we had your boy get knocked out, your boy McGregor get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? What was your favorite moment of, of this past week? Mine got to be the Bernie meme. I seen that Bernie meme every day, everywhere. I don't even know what my favorite one is now. I seen one <laughs> with him and Chris Tucker posted up in, in the dam, like from the Friday jump. I think the one where he was in the we had the dude in the leg lock was pretty uh pretty fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah, man, these kids are creative, man. The internet doesn't lose, man. They was doing Bernie dirty. Uh, I don't know, man. How old was Bernie's gloves, man? Nah, they don't even make gloves. <laughs> those, like were, those were mittens. He, had the gloves he made them joints. I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's like those those gloves can double as leather boxing gloves. They can double as uh, gloves to work out in the back lawn, man. I don't know, man. They double as oven mitts. Yep. <laughs> Definitely pull a casserole out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? You ain't nothing's happening to your hands in those gloves, boy. Them things look like they stink. Them gloves look like they stink, bro. Yeah, yeah nah, them joints were definitely old school, man. It's crazy. Man, I'll tell you my biggest takeaway of the week. Uh, you feel me? I know y'all gonna film me. Somebody gonna be filming me. I started doing some scouting, you know. When we're talking about vertical, vertical jumps. Uh, Jordan Woods on the busted challenge. Oh my goodness, that 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 thing had a forty inch vertical on its own. Goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> Hola, goodness great. I just want to say the busted challenge is the gift that keeps on giving, and I appreciate TikTok. I'm I'm really getting into TikTok now, and uh, there's some funny <laughs> shit going on on TikTok. It's the gift that keeps on giving, man. If it's good thing is going on right now, we can keep this thing going possibly for a whole month. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I I the busted challenge is a good one, bro. He's not wrong. Um shout out to my wife if you're watching this. I loved your busted challenge as well. When I met you, I knew you were a smart man, bro. Hey, yeah, you are smart, man. Hey, I I, I think I've been married longer than you, Rome. I, at this point, I gotta pay for a busted challenge for my wife. I got cash. <laughs> <for it>, <laughs> Come to the tab now. Come yeah, tab. man. Gotta send something over. It ain't gonna happen for free. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. But uh, what else, man? What y'all think about McGregor getting punished, man? He, he got dogged out there. Hey, man. If you if you keep up with with my Twitter, you want to find the at you 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 see it in the corner at Bryce XXV double I. But I did say I thought the first fight was a fluke because I felt like in the first fight uh, McGregor versus Poirier, I felt like McGregor. Tapped him on the back of the head a little bit with the punch. He got him on the back of the head. And anybody, you ever been hitting the back of the head doing anything? I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if you got a cheap shot at Bruh, back of the head shots, they, they disorient you. You know, you don't know where you're at. Your, your, your brain going crazy. A, a shot to the back of the head really make you reevaluate your life. 
Let's be honest here. And uh, Dustin Poirier got caught with a clean one to the back of the head, and he wasn't the same. All right, McGregor finished him. But this time around, not, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Uh, Poirier was very in control the whole fight. Uh, McGregor seemed, you know, started off pretty, pretty strong. It looked like, looked like Conor McGregor starting off, but Poirier just caught him. And once he caught him, he didn't look back. He, he was swinging ferociously. Uh, hell of a fight. The more I thought about it, I, I thought that uh, Poirier would win. Just because of how I described the first one, I, I felt like it was fluke. Uh, but I mean, now we get to see a third fight between these guys, and I think the, I think these are the fights that we want to see, right? We we know that Khabib is going to take Conor out. We know that nobody's really a match for Khabib. But why not watch Conor in a trilogy versus Poirier? We know these two dudes are going to come to throw the leather. It's not going to be a run around chase them fight. It's not going to be a fight where somebody probably gets submitted with a with a bo- a boring type submission. It's going to be one of those firework fights every time they, they, they lace them up. So I'd love to see a third fight between uh, Poirier and McGregor. Okay. Yeah, man, I don't, you know, I don't do too, the UFC too much, but uh, I know what it looked like when you get knocked out. And, uh, <laughs> you, got, you know what I'm saying? For a guy, I know him to talk about. From what I understand, he, he wasn't talking as, as crazy leading up to this fight, I guess. I don't know. Not but uh, maybe he Maybe he needs to. Maybe that's part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he need that energy back. You got to be the villain sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, they like each other a little too much, man. I don't want to like the person I'm about to scrap with. I'm going to make myself hate you. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Even when you're fighting your brother, you got to be a little mad at him. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. <laughs> but uh, what, what about that versus, man? We, I know we talked about that a little bit. How, how'd that go for y'all? I mean, it was a lesson to be learned there. Um, in the verses, which was that, you know, my biggest takeaway from the verses was that, you know, energy is contagious, man, ladies and gentlemen, energy is contagious. Um, so like when you, when you have like, you may have fucked up shit going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. We all have shit going on in our life. So like when you go from point A to point B, don't bring like the overflow of that into the new situation. Like imagine if I had a fucked up day and I just made it all fucked up on here on sports for the culture. That would be bad for everyone viewing. It just it it spreads. It spreads crazy. You don't definitely want to broadcast it to tens of thousands of people. Um, Keisha Cole came in there a little rough. Um, she tried to shake it off, man. It was it was a shame because Shanti was in there, sweet as can be, good energy, man. She had her energy right, you know. And then Keisha came with some stank attitude and like you know came late, and she was being rude. And then Ashanti was starting to feel like. Maybe, you know, she wasn't. She was starting to not really feel it, you know. It just kind of just was. It kind of messed up the vibe for me. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's just the. I don't know because I mean, I'm like two for two. I was I trying to put the ladies out there, but you know the Monica Brandy verse. You know there was also some some sus energy in that room as well. So my ladies, ladies, I'm gonna need y'all to get together on the verses, man. Like I'm gonna need y'all to keep the peace. I need the queen love. I need the, I need spreading love, man. I didn't, I wasn't feeling the love in the Keisha Cole Ashanti joint. That's just my personal feel on the joint. But I mean, both got great songs, bro. I just think, you know, for Keisha, I think maybe a lot of her songs are rooted in pain and a lot of good music comes from strong emotions. They can be, Good, bad, however you want to label them. Um, good art comes from it. Keisha probably digs from a place of pain. Ashanti, Swedish can be still, still fine as ever. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway. Hey, Scruff, I feel you, man, but I don't know, man. But Bama's love the uh, the Jeezy versus Gucci, you know, and that 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 verse was real volatile. I think that uh, the ladies, ladies, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't, I only saw clips of the verses, but uh, I, I did see the Jill Scott and Erica Badu, and that was yeah, nothing. That was uh, love. I think, ladies, I think the ladies can definitely bring the love. I think, uh, you know, in this instance, man, maybe you know, it's more of a Keisha Cole thing. But like I said, I haven't seen the full thing. But Ashanti, if anybody, if you know me, if you know me for over, you know, fifteen years, you know, if you know me anywhere close to twenty, you know how I feel about Ashanti. Ashanti was always my favorite. Man, I was going to bat. I was saying, telling people Ashanti was better than Beyonce back in the day. Hive, hive, hive. I don't mean nothing wrong. I'm just saying that was always my preference was Ashanti, man. Uh, the whole Murder Inc. was my was always my squad. So she was the first lady. Shout out to Ashanti. Still as beautiful as ever. Hey, look, this, this is a guy right here that's known me for twenty for twenty plus. I'm telling you, I've been on Ashanti from day one. I never wavered. I never wavered, Ashanti. Never wavered. Hey, Rome, did you catch it? Yeah, man, I caught some of it, man. I was at work and uh, Keisha took too long, so I didn't get to see too much. But uh, much, much like Bryce, man, I'm a day one Ashanti fan. Uh, I've been on Ashanti, bro. I used to have a poster of her in the crib and in, in, the, in the wall back when I stayed with. With Mom Dukes when I was like probably 15, 16. Like, yeah, Shanti is all that. And then some definitely still follow her on the gram. Uh, I suggest everybody else does that too. She's fine as hell, bro. Like, she's just aging like perfectly. It's, it's great. Shanti is all uh, that. And then some. Yeah. For me, this whole thing is biased. There was no way that Keisha Cole could have won this. I like Ashanti's music better, like Ashanti better. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Keisha have better luck next time. Yeah, man. I, I feel like. Like uh, it was kind of a bad matchup, and Bryce, you, you, both of y'all talked about the energy. Bryce Scruff, like Gucci and Jeezy, let that energy flow into their music. I I didn't feel that same energy flowing into the music the same way with the ladies. Um, but I will say, man, uh, we we kind of knew. It, it, if you really know the music, you you know, Keisha Cole had a run, Ashanti had an era, and uh, you know what I'm saying you can you can look back in your life. Through Ashanti's music, for real. Maybe Keisha Cole too, but I know Ashanti's music for sure. You know where you were, what was going on when you heard the songs. And uh, I don't know, man. Ashanti's energy was just delightful. I'm old enough to remember, like you, Bryce. I'm a, I'm a long time Ashanti fan. I'm old enough to, to remember when women did not like Ashanti. You know that the, the, the sideburn <laughs> jokes. Oh, sideburn. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, so she's kind of glad to see she's getting the love that uh, she deserves, and uh, it just. A different weight classes with this with this person. Her sideburns weren't bad. It was just before they used to throw the big gel walk on there. You know what I'm saying? Before they used to gel them things down, man. They gel them down now, man. Look, man, I ain't never, I ain't never judge a man or woman on those sideburns, but uh, hey, man, people did. <laughs> like, hey, she was she was fine enough to where it didn't matter. It ain't matter. Nah, the music good, man. That's just it. Just shows you when you make great music, when you make great content. Period, man. Like that that stuff lasts. You, you know what I'm saying? That's what's gonna matter at the end of the day. But uh Scruff, you saw the Pro Bowl versus. I know you hit me on IG. I didn't I didn't see it. Like, how did the yeah. Pro Bowl versus go? Who who was who was going against each other? It's not the same, man. Uh it was yeah. like AJ Brown going against um Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. But it just it, it, you know, I understand the parallel what they were trying to do. So versus gentlemen, uh Swiss Beats, Timberland, if you're listening to me. Here's what you did wrong. Here's what you did right. Here's what you did wrong. You had the right idea of bringing the two people together to celebrate each other. I guess that was the notion that they were going for. That's the verses, right? That's what it's all about. But there's one key element of the verses that makes the verses pop it. 
and it's the word nostalgia. That's what makes the verses popping. It's nostalgia. You get out nostalgia, you got shit. Um, that's what you had a lot tonight. Um, you know, it was like an ego fest, a brag fest. You know, it was okay, we're watching the highlights, you know. And, you know, I guess they said, hey, do we want to watch the players break down the highlights instead of, you know, the commentators? But the players weren't, they weren't talking about nothing, man. Oh, so, yeah, boom, boom. You know, yeah, boom, boom. There was, there was the play, boom, boom. Like, you ain't talking about nothing, man. And, they, you know, they're going about each other's outfits. It's cool, bro. It was nice to get to know the players. If you're a big time fan of those players, I could see that being something worth watching to. Um, but there's a reason why there was like maybe eight, 10,000 people watching it versus like, you know, how many people would be in them Ashanti versus 100,000? And you're talking about them joints for days. And not only are you talking about them for days, the, Shireen, the, the value is beyond the verses. How many times, how many Keisha Cole songs have I streamed in the last week that I've never streamed? You know what I mean? Like, I've not never streamed them. I streamed them once in a while time. But, like, come on, bro. Keisha Cole getting way more love in my rotation this week. So is Ashanti because of the verses. I'm not going to go watch A.J. Brown highlights because I just watched <laughs> A.J. Brown verses. It's, it doesn't, it's not the same feeling, bro. It's cool. I get what they're trying to do, but they didn't do it right. Now, with the current players, I said the nostalgia was, was cool. That's why I thought maybe old school players mix the old school elements in. Show the old heads, show the young heads. Instead of, you know, Deion Sanders with the receivers, show me Chris Carter and Keyshawn Johnson or some shit. I don't know. Like, then show me see their highlights and run them against Justin Jefferson's. I think that would be a little bit more fun. Um, it's still not going to hit like the music because the music just takes, it's like you just look time travel when you listen to old music. And you can never do that watching. I mean, you could maybe do that watching sports, but. It's no, tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. Anybody else see it? I caught right. a little bit of it. Uh, my only takeaway on it really is it's what we're going to get in a pandemic, you know? Uh, like Scruff said, if you're fans of the guys involved in it, like I know if it was um, some Terry McLaurin highlights for somebody, I probably want to check it out. You know what I mean? But outside of that, if you don't if you don't care for the specific player, it's almost like a, like a music versus. If you don't care for the specific artist, you're not really going to tune in the same way you would for artists that you ride or die for. So, I mean, it definitely doesn't hit the same, but I just kind of feel like it's, it's what we got stuck with in the pandemic. Yeah. I, I will add to this, though, because the 10 minutes, like, the 15 minutes I did watch it is more than I usually watch the Pro Bowl, period. So anything gained for the NFL might be worth a, a, a venture worth looking, but just from a versus perspective, it's just not, not of the caliber of verse. I don't know if Versus will continue in this partnership with the NFL. NFL probably be happy that ten thousand people looked at their shit because I don't know who. Well, I think I think Versus is looking at it as just a way to expand. It's just a way to expand the Versus brand. Be like they're going to keep doing the music, and then yeah, and then you can just you can start pulling. Really, it's smart because what they're going to do is they're going to start pulling in NFL fans who may not necessarily be the biggest hip hop fans, and if Swiss and Tim play their cards right. We can see Tim McGraw versus Kenny Chesney versus one day. <laughs> hey, go ahead, bro. Who you got, Rome? I don't yeah. know a song from either one of those people. It took me – I almost Tim watched McGraw. that. I, I couldn't even think answer. of another another country singer for a second. Garth but. Brooks. Tim McGraw is like the Jay-Z of uh, – of, he, uh, he did the joint with Nelly, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that was a banger though. That was a banger. Y'all got me on that one. 
<laughs> you don't know about that joint? You know, with, the, with, the, with, the, with Tim McGraw and Nelly? <sighs> no, nah, I never downloaded it. <laughs> you didn't download that on Napster? Passed on that. I was on, I was on LimeWire, but I had to pass on that. That was LimeWire, Tom. Yeah, that was LimeWire era. I went ahead and passed on that. That's a sad song. Albums. Sad. Always pass on the fusion albums. That was always a thing I did. Hey, man. Anybody got anything else? Man, I think I'm we might have covered. I think we might have covered the whole weekend. We got the burning, yeah, the, the the buzzing challenge. We got, hey, we we done hit it all, man. But look, one thing for sure, T, you made a great point earlier, man. Content is king, and good content always wins out. I'm of the belief that we just produce some great content, man. We appreciate everybody for tuning in over this last hour and a half and, and some change, man. We went long. But we, we we played the long game for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, Gas presents Sports for the Culture. As always, if you're new to the show, go download the Gas Sports Network app. All you got to do is go to your app store and type in Gas Sports Network. It's going to pop right up. Download it. Give it five stars. We do this for y'all. Uh, Scruff Line, did I miss anything? Yeah, you uh, you, you forgot to tell them to get a, a T-shirt, uh, which is available at goodassports.com slash shop. You can get a hat. You can get a bundle. You can get a whole nine. You can get a mask. Be all safe from the corona. I wore mine today. People was like, yo, you got that gas? I said, yes, I do. (laughs) 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 Nah, but in all seriousness, man, yo, it's it's been a great, it's been a great, great show. I appreciate everybody that's been riding along for us. You know how we do this, man. You know how we close this out. We sports for the culture. So we close it out. It's sports for the culture. Sports for the culture. Sports for the culture. Yes, sir.